All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Allentown Presents Christmas Movie Countdown. I'm here with Emma. You. And today for Christmas Eve, Emma and I are talking about Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. (laughs) Oh, Dolly. Now, I'm going to start this off by saying both Emma and I love Dolly Parton so much the the person she's she's incredible uh she has done tons and tons and tons of things to help children and gain to add access to education and she has spent her fortune incredibly well on just the most important things in the world not to mention if you don't get up and scream the song jolene when it comes on you just aren't american like how no. dare you <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i like i guarantee you after i get my fantastic covid vaccine funded by miss beautiful dolly parton i will inherently start singing jolene absolutely Just, that's the best side effect yeah so dolly parton is wonderful and because we love dolly parton so much while we were scrolling through Netflix looking for new Christmas movies, this one popped up because it's Dolly Parton. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh shit, Dolly Parton did a Christmas film? Yes, we're watching that. We're fucking 100% watching that. And so we did. And <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Again, and her boobs grew Dolly. three sizes that day. I love Dolly. And Debbie Allen, who did the choreography for this film. I love both of them. Exactly. But what a shit show this film was. It was the most. (laughs) So, backstory, or I guess the story of this film. uh, A small town called Fullerville. Fullerville in Kansas is... oh is completely owned by this old rich guy like he owns the whole fucking place and he has always kept the rent low to keep the spirits high so he doesn't Mm -hmm. charge everyone what he should be charging them for their plot of land or for their shop or whatever just to keep everyone happy well he dies and his daughter takes over being in charge and she is a super grinch Played by Martha Mayhew. <laughs> yes, played by uh, Christine Baranski, who is incredible, and I love her very much as well. Yes, and she is a super Grinch, so she decides that rather than keeping the town p- people happy and keeping all the rent low and all these things, she's just going to sell the entire town off to a conglomerate who is going to make it into a giant mall. They're basically no, thank you. The Mall of America, but better in Kansas on this plot <laughs> of land that was Fullerville. Because that's immediately what I think when I hear Mall of America, but better. I'm gonna think, you know, in Kansas. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so the f- it opens with the town happy. Everyone's excited because it's almost Christmas. They're singing, they're dancing. You know, the whole. The whole bit and then she comes through with eviction notices and is handing every single person in the town an eviction notice and 
she just basically- like the Grinch in the post office. <laughs> yeah, so she turns the happy, excited, friendly, hooray, it's Christmas town into God damn it, we're losing our town, son of a bitch. <laughs> Screw real quick. you, Regina. Yeah, real quick. So Christine Baranski's character, Regina, is just a bitch. And over the course of the movie, we figure out why she's so grumpy and angry. You know, she had a love in the town when she was young, but they went to a dance together in high school and she saw her man like showing off or seemingly giving a ring to another girl and she was heartbroken so she decided to dance with someone else and one thing leads to another and she ends up with a teen pregnancy and her father who has always been adamant of you know don't don't date don't do all these things is just like okay well we're gonna take care of this the old-fashioned way and she goes into hiding basically and has the baby and is it's immediately put up for adoption and the dad of course ran out on her like the father of the child ran out on her immediately as soon as they found out she was pregnant so she had a rough uh late childhood yeah (laughs) so that's basically why she's super bitchy um eventually she comes back to the town in her older age as her dad when her dad dies and has to take over and she has no feelings towards anyone in this town seemingly because she's been gone for so long and you know the dude originally did her dirty and the guy she thought was her boyfriend was giving the ring to someone else and all of these different things uh come to find out years later the ring was actually meant to be hers and he was just showing his friend like hey look at this beautiful ring that i'm gonna propose to regina with So she's got one friend played by Jennifer Lewis, the amazing Jennifer Lewis. And (laughs) Jennifer Lewis the whole time is basically on Regina's uh, back, just like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? How dare you? Like, I know you (laughs) were, I know you were wronged or whatever by your dad, or you feel some kind of way towards this town, but there are lots of people who live in this town. How fucking dare you shut everything down? So her friends. Yeah. And Regina's basically just like, "Mm, I don't care. I I don't give a fuck. Like we're done being friends. Basically gives up on her friends, gives up on everybody. All the while Regina has been seeing this beggar woman who keeps popping up in all these different places where Regina goes around town to take care of her business and it's played by Dolly Parton and the ain't the beggar woman keeps asking Regina you know for some change I need you to change I need you to change and you know she's always just like no I don't have any go away you're garbage right because she's a rich asshole and that's how rich assholes treat the poor unfortunately yep rough uh, one night, seemingly, I don't know, a couple nights before Christmas, Regina is up in her house all by herself and just thinking about her past, her childhood with her father and all these different things. And the beggar woman appears, but she's all in white and she's floating and she introduces herself as Angel. Now, 
Christine Bransky thinks she's going fucking nuts because why wouldn't you? <laughs> like seeing a floating angel in your house, like that's just insanity. But the angel basically tells her like, you need to grow up. You need to get over these things that wronged you. You need to take a look back. And essentially the angel is kind of like the ghost of Christmas past and present. Yeah. Um, she's taking Christine on these jots down memory lane where she's remembering all these different instances where she was wronged, but she's seeing a full, a more full side of the story from other people's perspective and eventually, like in all Christmas Carol type things slash Grinch type things, her heart grows three times as big and she decides not to fucking go crazy on this town. Or her boobs. Her boobs grew three sizes that day, as oh, was yeah, endowed Dolly. by Dolly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do find out some things about the other characters in town. Um, we find out that her... Regina's assistant, uh, Felicity, Felicity is actually an angel in training and has been sent to work for Regina to help her come to her realization, you know, not to sell the town, to get her to change of heart, basically. If Felicity can't get her to change her heart, then she doesn't get her angel wings. You know, that old trope. We find out that Carl, who is Regina's, like, former boyfriend the one she was in love with who was going to give the ring away he still has feelings for her even though they're like in their 60s or whatever so there's yeah. still some sort of flame there going on though that was like garbagely developed oh so much <laughs> poor <laughs> treat williams i'm like dude come on you yeah. got shafted um and regina happens upon an old family bible and finds out that her dad actually gave away her son when her son was adopted but he had named him first and she puts two and two together and finds out that the pastor of the church in the town is actually her son and she goes to him on christmas eve night and tells him these things and is like hey guess what read this bible and he reads it and finds out that he's her son and they make up and she has, you know, this giant change of heart. Overnight. Overnight and decides she's going to save the town. And then there's a big musical production in the church where the pastor introduces Regina as his mom. And she tells everyone she's going to save the town. She's not going to sell and all these things. And everything ends up happily ever after. There is a subplot, another subplot with... Uh, a little girl who works at the bar she's literally like nine and her and her dad are going to her mother's <clears throat> grave to put flowers on it and they get in a car crash and she gets a head injury and because regina had had like this heartwarming moment with her earlier in the movie she decides to fly in like the top pediatric neurosurgeon anywhere and make sure that the little girl is all right and then the little girl makes it out okay and that's the entire movie um it is it's, it sure is <laughs> it is it is a musical and mm -hmm. dolly parton did all the music which 
is weird because Dolly Parton is a great songwriter, but these songs were not great. No, they were not. There was- I told Mike uh, as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, can we please hear the same line of music one more time? <laughs> like, I, I just heard it for 75 minutes straight. And now I, I want it again. Apparently. Yeah, it was a... <laughs> uh the it was just it was a it was a whole mess like it is it it is true to a thorough musical standpoint meaning it's all dancing it's all singing there's a couple of spoken parts it's over dramatized the story is very rushed with every curveball thrown into it just for shits and giggles the curveballs don't do anything to the story. Yeah. At all. And I was super sad because a lot of parts of the story, like if they would have expanded the story a little bit and made it more like a movie and less like a like a stage play, I guess. Um I I cried at like three different points in this, but that's coming from a person who's been adopted and all those standpoints and watching a little kid in the hospital and the dad sing to her and I'm like, boo! But at the same point, it's like I feel stupid for having cried during that movie because I'm like, well, that was not great. (laughs) But (laughs) here I am crying about it. (laughs) No, this movie, like, this movie had the feels. Uh-huh. But to get to the feels, you have to be able to kind of push aside the ridiculousness of the rest of the film. Like <laughs> this okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who listen or watch, not listen, but watch musicals mm-hmm. or movie musicals, you know that movie musicals are typically between two and a half to three hours long yep there is good reason why musicals are that long when you're telling a story through song and dance there's a lot you know because i could just say first i was uh i was in love with this boy then i thought he was in love with another one so i went to another guy and then shit happened and now i'm grumpy okay yeah i just explained the entire plot the entire backstory of Regina in, you know, four sentences. But when you're telling a story through song and dance, there's a lot more that needs to go into it. You're trying to build emotion and all of these things. This Dolly Parton musical is only about an hour and a half. So Mm -hmm. they're running, they're trying to pack in an entire musical in half the time that most people pack in a musical. So all yeah. of the songs have to have a lot of substory in them. And for this particular story, it just is obnoxious because the stories are so ridiculous. They're convoluted. Yeah. They're, there's too much happening in each story and there's too much backstory trying to be told. In each story that each time they try and sing about a backstory, somebody else and somebody else's backstory comes into it. 
Yeah. So it gets all cloudy and ugh. For sure. It's hard. There are there are several stories that are trying to be told that honestly this entire film could have done without. Uh yeah. As much as I loved it, I didn't need the little girl bartender dad story like at all yeah the plot could have left no could have gotten more in-depth and better storylines dealing with the pastor and his wife who are trying to have a baby and uh regina who is in love with carl but doesn't know how to like fix things because they're so broken yeah you know it was just like (sighs) It's not that there were too, too much many for the characters. sake of just being there. It, it's mm-hmm. not even that there were too many characters because if this movie had been extended by an hour, they would have been able to expand on all the characters that they were trying to expand on in a way that yeah would have made it worth it. But yeah. because it was so short and they had to get in so much all at once, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that this entire show takes place on one Hollywood soundstage and they didn't even try to make it look like it wasn't a fucking soundstage. Like, exactly. Typically. It looks like White Christmas. Like it's, the set it was from worse. the end of White Christmas. I feel yeah. like it was worse. It was. It it's It's shot in this manner of... I want to say like a soap opera, but it doesn't have that like cloudy camera thing no, to okay. it. Okay, you know what it is? Have you ever seen Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma? Yes. It's that. Yeah, it is. Where everything you can tell is painted and they just put a bunch of string lights up to make it look like the houses had lights in them. Yeah, it's like clearly a soundstage. None of yeah. the buildings are real. Like they couldn't have just you know, gone to the Warner Brothers lot and found their Stars Hollow like yeah. little town that they already have set up and just fucking like changed the sign to Fullerville right. and like done all their dancing around this gazebo. No, they like marked off a big dance floor that's just looks ridiculous. Like it's and never put a been... car on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a mess. <laughs> It really is. And it hurt because I was so excited last night when, when I watched this. I was so stoked. Same. I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking Dolly Parton Christmas. I'm going to shit my pants. I had champagne. Like I was here for it. And within like the first minute and a half, I was like, what? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, the sets. Am I watching? <laughs> the sets are rough, and it is so clearly a soundstage. Like they didn't yep. even try to make it look like they nope. were in a some small town somewhere. Like the all of the ground is perfectly painted. There's not, you know, it's yeah. It was a mess. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> oh but- my gosh. I do heavily appreciate the huge amount of diversity that was in this small town. It would be like taking Stars Hollow, that number of people, and literally two-thirds of the town is 
a mixed race couple. And I was like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. They're fucking were, great. There, it was more dancers and singers of color than there were dancers and singers who were white in this movie yep. which was incredible especially when you consider that this is supposed to be a small town in kansas like okay sure why not yep this fucking incredible the diversity in this movie was amazing and yeah nobody seemed to care that like i don't know it was just there was nothing about race that was ever spoken or said. There nope. was nothing about um, sexual orientation that was ever spoken or said, even though there were clearly uh, members of their community who were gay. Like, oh, yes. They didn't. There was nothing. This Just this mm-hmm. whole small town of people just getting along. And it was fucking beautiful. Like, that was the best part of this film, easily, was yeah. being all of these people not give a fuck about what you know what they what they look like or how they are how they choose to identify themselves or whatever like this town did yeah. not give a fuck and nobody in this town seemed to care including the pastor yeah. of the church who was just like everybody gets to come everybody's here it's fine like that yeah. was so cool it was that was the saving grace of this movie yeah i also loved seeing um the fact that the hot pastor was married to a plus-size woman like yes yes plus-size representation she was killing it yeah she was i loved it i loved their dynamic but yeah yeah they were fucking great and like you never get to see a plus size person be with a skinny person like for nope. whatever reason in media it's always like oh well that woman is plus size she must like bigger men so i'm gonna put her with right big dudes or like you know the idea that the skinny guy can't like the bigger girl like get the fuck out of here like right guys don't care that's no dear hollywood guys do not give a fuck yeah they don't guys like who they like it's not a specific i am a perfect looking human being i must be with another perfect looking human being like get out (laughs) yeah it was it was weird so yeah that was um dolly parton's christmas on the square now you've seen it now you've seen it we told you all about it (laughs) All right. Uh, who was your favorite character? Um, Violet, the little bartender girl. Yes. She was there for all of three seconds and she was my absolute favorite character because she's so no bullshit, no nonsense, just, hey, how's it going? Come on in. Let's talk. You know, no judgment, no anything. And I loved her for that. She was so sweet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bartender Girl was the best, even though I do think her story was kind of pointless. She was the best character in this entire film. Oh, yeah. She didn't need to be there, but I still loved her. 
Yeah. And for being a little kid, she was an incredible singer. Like, oh, yes. impressively so. I had to look her up to make sure that she wasn't in a whole bunch of other things because it was like, I need to go watch all of these things right now. She'd only right. been in like three things and they were like TV show spots. So I was like, okay. Well, yeah. Sure. Why not? But <laughs> I was like, let me know the next time you're in a musical or in whatever and I will watch it. She exactly. could have easily, she could have easily been um, the girl from Jingle Jangle. Oh yeah, little journey. Yeah, she could you have bet. been a little journey. All right. Uh who was your least favorite character? Um well <laughs> kind of the pastor, <laughs> but kind of not. He was just really annoying to listen to and I'm like you need to shut up. But I don't know. I mean it was hard to latch on to anybody in this movie yeah so i don't know okay so my least favorite character was the gossipy mailman oh yeah that guy was a dick he was stupid yeah he i just want you to know that they're all getting together at a town meeting tonight because they hate you yeah okay i didn't like that guy (laughs) Like Regina was bad, but I didn't like the mailman. Like, fucking why? Why is there always mm-hmm. like one gossipy asshole in all of these fucking movies? Just like Emma right? in White Christmas. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Just mind your own business. Yep. This has nothing exactly. to do with you. Exactly. Bugger all off. All right. Uh seven word synopsis. Oh, I have so many. I have so many. Okay. So my first is the story that 2020 needed to hear, (laughs) meaning (laughs) diversity, shit show, you know, all these good and awful things together. And then Dolly's voice is absolutely angelic. Mary Parton, miss. Because I love Dolly, but like we've said, garbage. Okay, so the next one is really funny. Pastor's voice sounds like episode two, Anakin. Damn. When he was talking, he was like, there's one scene in episode two when Anakin is talking about sand. And he's like, it's coarse. It's rough. It gets everywhere that's what that fucking pastor sounded like and i was like oh god you have to stop talking okay and then my three alliteratives country fried country fied contemporaneous christmas carol contains classic characters and then fullerville's fullerton fight fervently Fuller finally forgiven. Nice. And then my last one is Radiant Rhinestoneista writes Regina restoring rigor. That's so much. I know. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> All right, what's yours? Okay, uh Debbie Allen crushed it. Dolly was meh. Yep. And that's not to say Dolly's acting was meh. She was great and her singing was incredible. But the mm-hmm. lyrics, the music and lyrics to this movie were just like, what not the fuck? Not thought out. Yep. Yeah, it's like, I feel like Netflix 
asked Dolly Parton to do this like three months ago. And she was like, oh, yeah, I can write a musical in that in two months. And just she wrote it hella quick and then sent it out. And then they rehearsed it a little bit. And then it was on Netflix. Like, this is not like a typical musical. I don't feel like this was a typical musical. There's no facts about it. So I can't find anything that says how long it took her to make this or not or what. (laughs) But it was done. I feel like it was done really quickly. And she listened to... I don't know, a couple of musicals and was just like, oh yeah, you know, I hear this repeating theme, you know, through all of Hamilton. Yeah. They, they keep playing this this undertone in the music, bum, 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 or whatever. And yeah. coming back in all these different songs. So I'll do that. And then this just entire musical is exactly <laughs> the same. All exactly the, the same and she just like changed exactly the lyrics on top. the same <laughs> <laughs> oh it hurts it's a lot i mean watch it if you want to enjoy something funny and quick i guess but it's an hour up. and 40 minutes you could find something better to do with your time you sure could you could watch christmas chronicles yep or jingle jangle yup superior musical for sure mm-hmm Okay, and then my second one is racial, sexual, and size diversity was impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, this town was the most diverse town in middle America that exists. Sure was. It, I don't it was think incredible. I've seen a town in Kansas that looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I accredit all of that to Debbie Allen because she runs a dance studio and her dance studio's entire purpose is to promote uh, dancers of color because they don't get a lot of screen time. They don't get seen as well or noticed as much as white dancers. Hey, you should you should go check out Debbie Allen's uh, hot chocolate nutcracker. Yeah, I saw that. It popped Fucking up on my great. it popped up on my feed at right after I finished uh this Dolly Parton one and I yep. watched it so bad. I'm going to watch it later today. Fucking great. It's like an all black cast, ballet cast. Yeah, I'm very doing. excited. Like yeah. it looked really really good. So but good. Debbie Allen, like that's her thing and she does great at it. And I'm so thankful that we have someone like her in her position who is pushing for diverse dance, dancing, dancers, backup dancers, Mm -hmm. front dancers, like lead dancers. It's what we need. Not, not all dancers are white and just like not all Americans are white. So let's fucking damn skippy. Let's change it up. Let's make things diverse. And you so we don't have to keep saying things are diverse or things are right. Things are this or things are that. Like, I I had that conversation with Micah a couple days ago that I was saying, you know, how weird is it that our generation gets so stoked and has to mention every time something is inclusive or diverse, like. Our kids, like my kids, I'm hoping can look at that and not have to point it out. Like it should be a normal thing. Yeah. And it's so weird, but it's like 
a second nature thing at this point for our generation that if something is inclusive and diverse and all this that you have to point it out and you have to heavily praise it because no one realizes how big that is now yeah well that's because like people our age and like millennials and gen x are definitely have definitely been pushing within media to change things up i feel like yeah all because we all grew up watching these stories that were either all white or Mm -hmm. all black like the cast was all white or all black and just being frustrated with it because that wasn't what our friends group looked like it was never no you know we were most of us anyways if you were racist Mm -hmm. you can fucking suck a dick um (laughs) people who are not racist their friend groups are typically you know there's white kids there's black kids there's asian kids there's mexican kids or latino kids like it's all over the place kids don't give a fuck what your what the color of your skin is so Mm -hmm. we all grew up noticing that and recognizing that these friend groups were not necessarily diverse like our actual friends group friends yeah were and we started putting it into action and now media is starting to show that because we're starting to be the ones in power and yeah we can do it enough so that by the time you know the little ones are adults and they're the ones in power they don't even give it a second thought it's not exactly it's not ever going to be a question of oh they were a diversity hire or yeah oh you know they only put that person in because they needed they needed a black guy like get the fuck out of here no that's not (laughs) yeah i can't wait i can't wait until this is just a normal thing i know we gotta keep (sighs) pushing but hell yeah debbie allen and dolly parton did a great job at showing off the diversity of this small town and being inclusive and it was just incredible so for that i will give this movie a positive review but yes aside from that it's kind of quite meh (laughs) so watch it if you want uh i'm not gonna be butthurt either way if you watch it or if you don't but nope take it or leave it still yeah. love you dolly but owie yeah this isn't a must see i'm gonna i'll say that it's not a must see it's not like jingle jangle or christmas chronicles or white christmas like it's yeah. not a thing you've got to see before you die like this is just a it meh. happened is a man <laughs> okay so if you have anything to tweet us about uh, Dolly's Christmas on the Square, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. You can email us at Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook, it is Allentown Presents. Yeah, so enjoy your Christmas Eve, and we will see you again tomorrow for Christmas. Woo! Hooray! It's here. All right. Bye, I am everyone. so happy. <laughs> bye. Toots.